This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. friends, welcome to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm a sex addict. And uh, and I'm excited to be back with you today. It's good to be with you today. A couple of weeks ago, I attended a women's recovery retreat. Uh, the 12-step fellowship that I belong to, every six months we do this women's retreat. Um, and there's a group of us, we rent a cabin, we go for three days and we work on recovery. It's super awesome, by the way. And I'm really excited that I get to go. One of the speakers this year talked about failure. She did an exercise with us called the failure bow. She got up and listed a bunch of things that she had tried to do in the last few months and that she had failed at them completely. They hadn't happened or she had failed. And then she said, ladies and gentlemen, I failed. And, and rather than like slump over, slump her shoulders, put her head down, frown, bow, close her eyes, the position we kind of all assume when we fail, she took this big step forward. She smiled and she put her hands in the air and almost shook her hands like she was doing like jazz hands. And because of how excited she was, we all kind of spontaneously clapped for her. Thus, she calls it the failure bow. She went on to discuss how much failure is part of our lives, every part of our lives. And not just those of us that are addicts. Failure is part of everyone's life. And it is our responsibility to learn to deal with it. She then talked about failing up. I'm sure you've heard or seen quotes or videos about learning to accept failure and how we need to learn from failure and learn to embrace the failure that happens in our lives and how much failure teaches us. I have. I've heard about this tons in my life. And having the character defect of perfectionism, I usually say things in my head like, "Uh, that's fine for other people, but not for me. Other people can fail, but I can't. Or if I'm really being honest... It can even be, I'm just better than others and I don't fail like other people do. Ouch. That is sometimes what goes on in my head, ladies. Sorry. Of course, these are things that I've heard before about failure. And that is probably why it didn't feel significant at the time when we were at the retreat. However, it has been the thing that has stuck with me since the retreat. I've thought about it nearly every day. So right now, I'd like to do a failure bow with you. Are you ready? In my life right now, I am failing on all fronts. September was the first month since beginning my podcast that not a single new episode was released. Failure. I'm very behind in the work that I do for a local nonprofit organization here. Failure. I can't seem to get my assignments done from therapy and the work that I want to be doing there. More failure. My house is currently a total disaster. Failure. The work I do with the youth of my local church has been spotty and not even close to my best work. Failure. I hired an assistant to help me get caught up in my consulting business and after not responding to her for three weeks, I couldn't believe it had been three weeks. It didn't even feel like that. She got frustrated with me, justifiably so, and I had to make a huge amends. Failure. 
All of it. I'm failing on all fronts in my life right now. And sure, there are reasons for what is going on in my life. My my mom is in the final dying stages and it's taking up a lot more time, um, a lot more of my time and my energy. I feel like I'm grieving big time. I'm on overload with family issues because of my mom's impending death. Some of these things are not my fault as I have to wait on others to get things done. On and on. I could go on and on justifying, finding excuses, reasons why this is part of my life right now. About why failure is such a big part of my life right now. And none of those reasons or justification will fix the fact that I'm failing right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, I failed. I hope you all applauded for me right now. I applauded myself. So hopefully you joined me in that. One of the reasons I'm so glad we did this exercise at the retreat is because it reminded me about how much of our lives are about admitting failure and learning to fail up. I admitted to a few people that I'm failing on all fronts after the retreat. I said those words out loud. I talked in detail about some of the things going on in my life. I talked about how much I hate playing the my mom is dying card and yet how some days I am totally non-functional because of that. I admitted that I know I have hurt people over the last year as I focused on my mom and my family and how I'm resentful that very few people can seem to sit with me through this failure part of my life. And in the process of talking about failure and all of the messiness that it can bring, surprisingly, I found new energy. My therapist said to me, I've learned that in cases like this, the ashes of what went down in flames can be the fertile ground we need to grow and for what and to prepare for what will come next. I'm going to say that one more time because I'm not sure it came out right. She said something like, I've learned that in cases like these, the ashes of what went down in flames can be that fertile ground, that fertilizer that we need to grow what is going to come next in our lives. My good friend Shannon told me about a podcast she had listened to where the host said something like, we have the choice to take all the crap thrown at us in life and either become a landfill, stinky storage, that's what a landfill is, or to make manure out of it, again, fertile ground, and become a garden. Both of these ideas and discussions I've had with others brought new energy into my life. As I thought and thought about the events and the failures of the last few months and my current situation and the discussions I had with people about failure, I realized it was my own thoughts about failure that were holding me back. It was my own expectations, my own character defects, my own patterns and behaviors. It reminded me so much of those early recovery feelings I had, feeling trapped and stuck aware and able to see what was happening and yet totally powerless to stop it or to act differently. I hope you can relate. I'm sure you can relate if you've ever tried to stop a behavior like acting out. And somewhere in my mind, the words came, some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go. Absolutely. That line comes from the big book of AA chapter five. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. All of these discussions and this line that kept repeating over in my head helped me realize two major things for me. One, it is time for me to turn the crap of my life into manure, (laughs) to rise out of the ashes, maybe slowly at first, 
but it's time to rise. And two, I need to practice letting go again. Letting go, absolutely. Letting go of my old ideas about so many things. If I want the results to change, I have to learn to let go. And so here I am, podcasting again. And for the next several episodes, we're going to focus on the principle of letting go in recovery. I have always loved the season that we're in currently, fall, for me. It's in full bloom where I live here in Utah. The mountainsides are turning different shades of red, orange, yellow, different colors of green. The air is colder and crisper. The night temperatures are dropping more and more. I love crunching leaves and sweater weather and everything pumpkin spice. I really do love everything about fall. I've always believed that nature teaches us things. One of the big lessons I've learned from nature is the gift of starting over. Everything starts over in nature. Days, weeks, months, seasons, years, etc. Every day the sun comes up and says to us, start over, start over. This is a new day. You can do what you want. You can be who you want. Don't let yesterday cause problems for you. Start over and be different. I've always loved that message every morning. It's a new day. Start over. A couple years ago, my therapist said to me one day in passing, I think every season has something to teach us. Spring, summer, fall, winter, they each hold a gift for us. I instinctively felt that that was true because of my feelings about nature teaching us things. And then I saw on Facebook this week, I think it was on Facebook or somewhere, the idea that fall was about to teach us how beautiful it can be to let things go. Again, I had a felt sense of the truth of that message, that fall teaches us how beautiful it is to let things go. I don't think letting go is the only gift or lesson that fall has to teach us, but it is the one that I want to focus on today and for several other episodes this fall. When, when we say it's time to let go or we need to let go, like the big book tells us, let go of our old ideas absolutely. What exactly does that mean? What exactly does it mean to let go? I thought of two things when I tried to define letting go. The first thing I thought of was like gripping or holding something. My three-year-old niece, she likes to think that she's big enough to hold things, like really big things. Though she's getting better at coordination, her hands are just not big enough and she doesn't have a super tight grip to hold things that are as big as she is. Um, and try to carry them somewhere. She decided the other day to pick up my drink, think like a big glass cup with ice and water in it, and carry it to me in a different room where I was sitting. She was almost there, literally like three feet from me, when she said, uh, I can't hold it anymore, and just let it drop to the floor. Her grip just could not hold that cup anymore. Glass, water, ice was everywhere. It was a super great idea to bring me my drink, super kind, but she relinquished her grip. She let it go and caused a big mess all over the floor. Also, I thought of the opposite of that, a vice grip I recently used. I was trying to move the roof rack bars on my car. They've been in the same position for years. Um, I think maybe probably even since I bought it in 2005. So 12 years, they have been exactly in the same position and I needed to move them. 
and I couldn't get the screw to loosen up. It took a vice grip, a pair of pliers that you can lock into place and tighten so they wouldn't, you know, so they won't move. And then a mallet knocking on the pliers to get the screws to even loosen up a little bit. It took a lot of work to loosen the screws, to relinquish the hold that they had on the roof rack bars to be able to move them. So part of the definition of letting go is thinking about and evaluating the grip that we have on something, right? Second, I thought of setting something free. Again, my nephews love to connect to collect bugs. <laughs> and this past summer, we raised both butterflies from caterpillars, right? Like we had one of those little butterfly kits turn caterpillars into butterflies. And we also did praying mantis because they're getting to the age where butterflies are cool, but praying mantis is way cooler. So the day came that it was time to set them free these praying mantis, and these butterflies. It was, it was a rough day. There were tears from these boys as they let these butterflies and praying mantis go into the garden. Letting go of something is setting something free. That made me think of the Sting song. You guys familiar with the artist Sting? Uh, Set Them Free is a song and it's from the album, The Dream of the Blue Turtles. I think I was probably like 10 or something when that came out. Anyway, I love Sting probably because he was a math teacher prior to becoming a famous musician. And he talks about math all the time in his music. He uses so many mathematical words and I just love it. Okay, back to the point here. I was just geeking out a little bit there. The lyrics of this song, Set Them Free, says, if you love somebody, if you love someone, set them free. I love the line that says, you want to hold on to your possessions? Don't even think about me. I just love how he talks about setting something or someone free. So these two ideas, kind of relinquishing our grip on something and setting something free, define for me what letting go is. And they help to teach me how to let go. The first part of letting go is relinquishing our grip on something. Again, we can take lessons from nature here. Let's think about fruit-bearing plants. As fruit is growing on plants, the attachment it has to the plant or to the tree, to the vine, whatever it is, is very tight. It would take significant effort to pick that fruit or to pull it away from the tree. It is this way for a reason. The fruit is growing because of the plant. The tree, the plant, the vine is feeding it. That's part of the process. And as the fruit begins to ripen, the tree naturally starts to loosen its grip. The connection on the plant starts to lessen. When the fruit is ripe and ready to be eaten, it is easy to pull off the vine or the tree. It comes easily and willingly. When the fruit is ripe and it doesn't get picked, it might stay on the tree for a prolonged period of time. And as it does, it begins to go bad. It begins to rot. It might even fall off the tree onto the ground where it continues to rot and go bad. We can be like that. Things naturally ebb and flow in our lives. Friendships, relationships, money, work, emotions, grief, love, things ebb and flow. There will be times when it is time to let go of things and we can either learn to ebb and flow with things or we can hold on so tightly that we begin to rot like fruit on the tree that's there too long. Even within a longer term relationship, we all must grow and change, ebb and flow. Things that worked at one point in time in our relationship might change. Behaviors that worked before might not work now. We are all growing and changing. The world is growing and changing. People around us are growing and changing. We have to learn to let go of our old ideas and be willing to allow the change process to happen. 
Otherwise, we become rotten fruit, holding on to the vine too long. That grip is there too long. Or laying on the ground, beaten from the fall, wondering what happened and why we aren't still on the tree. For me, this is about lessening the grip of control that I have had over things in my life. Sometimes I'm like my niece and I think I can grip tighter than I actually capable of and end up with a big mess all over the floor. Sometimes I like the screws in my roof rack and it takes hammers and mallets to force me to let go of the grip that I have over things. It takes concentrated effort for me not to hold on so tight and to try to control things so tightly. That is something I'm going to work on this fall, lessening the grip of control that I try to have over the things in my life. The second part is about setting things free. Again, as we look at nature, I think about trees losing their leaves. I love to watch the trees change color and the beauty that is all around us in the, when the fall comes. And I love the sound of crunching leaves as I walk around my neighborhood. If trees had my mindset though, they wouldn't let the leaves go because they would be afraid that new leaves would not grow in the spring. Even though my leaves turned these beautiful colors and then turned brown and got crunchy and couldn't feed me anymore, if I was a tree, I would say to myself, well, these leaves are better than no leaves. Maybe these leaves can't perform photosynthesis anymore, give me the energy that I need, but maybe these leaves are all that I deserve. I'll hold on tight to them because I can't trust that spring is going to give me new leaves. Do any of those thoughts sound familiar? I get trapped in some of these thoughts all the time. What I have is better than nothing, or maybe it's the best I'm ever going to get. And so instead of letting go and setting the leaves free, I would hold on tight against the storm and winds raging, telling me that it's time to let go. I would just sit there and hold on tight, thinking that that is what I deserved or thinking that that is the best that I could get. Our culture doesn't like letting go of things. We call people weak that don't fight for or accomplish what it is that they want in life. We call them undisciplined, lazy, and not strong enough. We write songs about old loves we haven't let go of and still want back. We have TV shows about hoarders and whole stores that sell nothing but things to organize our clutter. Rather than let go of things, we just find new ways to organize the stuff that we have the emotions that we have, the feelings, the resentments, the anger, the people, the things, whatever it is, rather than let go and move on, we just find new ways to organize it. I read recently on the Gottman Institute blog that fall is actually the best time of year to start new goals or to change your mindset. Because of the ingrained pattern of school starting in the fall here in the U.S. and the world letting go of things around us, fall is the best time of year for us to start new patterns, look at new ideas, and to unclutter our lives. Basically, we should follow the patterns of nature and embrace the lessons fall is trying to teach us. For me specifically, there are three things I want to work on this fall, in this season of fall, and letting these things go. First, I need to let actual physical things go in my house. I have too much stuff. And some of it I haven't even looked at or used in years. It is time to be super judicious and let things go. Not hold on to things thinking maybe I'll use that one day. Or hold on to things thinking that they're going to be part of my life someday. 
I do that a lot. I hold on to things thinking that when I have that big house or that immaculate yard, I will use these things and I will want them. I've also held on to things thinking that I will use them one day when I have kids. It is time to find a better home for these things, somewhere where they will be used. The first thing I'm going to work on is letting things go in my house. Second, I need to work on letting go some of the dreams that I had for my life that aren't my reality. Some of those are some of those are should have ex- expectations I had for my life that never came to pass. You know, those should have I should do this by the time I'm 40. I should have this done. Other of them are just dreams that I had. I always wanted a really big family, six or more kids. I wanted things to just kind of be a certain way in my life. I hold on to some of these things thinking that when I finally arrive at this life I wanted to live, that I will need them or finally have them. I don't want to miss reality though. I don't want to miss the life going on right now around me, thinking that one day this will happen or one day that will happen. I want to live what is happening right now and dream about what is happening right now. So I need to work on letting go of some of those dreams I had for my life that just aren't my reality. Third, I need to work on letting go of some of the emotions that I have that keep me from moving forward in life. For me right now, those big emotions are fear and resentment. I have fear of of the future, of what things will be like when my mom passes, or what things will be like in a year. I have fear of success. I also have fear of failure. I have fear of dating, fear of change. So many fears I have that are keeping me back. I also have a number of resentments and the accompanying anger that is holding me back. These are things I need to let go of. There's things I need to forgive. There's things I need to let go and move on. And those are the three things that I want to work on this fall. I'm committing this fall to moving forward in each of these three areas. I'm not going to be perfect at it. And I'm going to need to practice letting go again next fall. And that is why the seasons repeat over and over again. But this fall, I'm committed to making progress. I will work on letting go of some of the clutter in my house. I will work on letting some of the dreams go and living more in the present. And I will work on letting some of these emotions go that prevent me from moving forward. I invite you to join me. I invite you to think about some of the things in your life that you need to let go. Letting fall and nature kind of overtake you and letting go of some of the things in your life that aren't serving you anymore. I know in recovery, that letting go process can be scary. Letting go of our old lives, letting go of those old patterns. Any change is scary, but particularly in recovery, as we've had these patterns and these habits and these acting out behaviors that have been so predictable for us, For such a long time, letting go of these behaviors is scary and it's difficult. And so I really challenge you to think about it though. What can you let go of this fall? Even if it's just one thing, what can you let go of this fall? What can you let go of and change? So I invite you to join me. Join me in one of those three areas or one of your own and get online and tell me about it. Get on Facebook or Instagram, find us on Twitter, find some place and tell me about what you are going to let go of in your life this fall. I'm excited to continue this discussion both online and with some additional episodes that we're going to have in the next couple weeks. As always, 
ladies and gentlemen, remember that you are worth recovery. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how shameful you feel, no matter what you are currently holding on to, no matter what others around you are saying or doing or how far you think you've gone, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know how hard that is. I know how hard that is to believe that sometimes. So I hope you can remember today that I know that you are worth it. I believe in you. I know that you can do it. So keep up the fight. I think about you. I pray for you. And I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.